Hey, hi, hello, welcome. It's time for Atomic Radio Hour, episode 171. I'm in my new place. Um, the background's a little different. I haven't had a chance to put the flags up yet, as you can see. I also don't really like the lighting in my room that I do this in. So uh, hopefully by next time or sometime soon, I'll have something figured out where the lighting is a little softer because like it looks decent on me. But, like, the stuff in the background, it's not great. Um, but other than that, I hope you're well. It's been a while since I've, I've done this kind of in a contemporary sense. I've kind of kept up with this. There is a ton of stuff that I have to talk about. Um, but, like, other than that, I'm, I'm here. The shelf's back. Everything's kind of to the same way. It's a little different. I kind of move some things around on this middle shelf and then the shelf under it is still figures and whatnot. Um, but Hey guys, a lot to talk about. Hope you're doing well. Hope you've, I hope that thing cleared up that you were telling me about. Um, you were going to the doctor for hope that's working, you know, all that fun stuff. All right, let's just get into it. I'm just going to jump right into this with the first thing that we have to talk about. Um, fallout three got its first update in like a decade, if not longer. Uh, they, it got updated on Steam, so you can play it without games for Windows Live, uh, which is awesome, which is really, really good, because there's so many people that couldn't play it because of that. They had to download mods. For me, it was never a problem, be it on Steam or one of my many hard copies. I never had a problem with it on PC, but now is the time to go and try it. If you haven't, because I know there's so many people who haven't played it, the only problem with them changing it the way they've changed it is I'm afraid that now we'll never get a, a remake, a remaster, or at least a port to something um, with maybe like a better, smaller, minor fixes or what have you. But hey, great. It's easier to play on PC. So if only there was a time and a place that I could play it and maybe share, but... Eh, I don't know. It's 2021. It's kind of out of the realm of possibility. But yeah, if you want to play Fall 3, go ahead and play it. Like I said, I'm in my new place. And uh, it's the first time that I've like moved by myself. I had a, a, a friend from work kind of help me and move all my furniture. And that's annoying. <laughs> this desk here that you can't see that's out of frame. Um, I built it in my old place. So I thought I could just I could just take it out of the door it's it's an l desk so yeah it'll be a little wonky but i'll make it work it doesn't it didn't work <laughs> it didn't work like that i had to take it apart um and that was a, like an extra 30 minutes that i didn't anticipate for and like the shelf behind me i had to take my bed my couch my recliner my papasan chair all that stuff but like i'm sitting here in my place and the guy told me that my internet should be plug and play i should be able to plug my internet in and i'll be good to go so my friend helps me, and we found this bomb-ass Greek food. This place that's like a few blocks from me. Delicious falafel. I might actually go there tomorrow after work because I'm going to edit this, and I don't want to cook because that's going to take time. I'd rather just go get something. Um, I'm either going to do that or go to Carl's Jr. I'm not a huge fan of Carl's Jr. I don't think their food's that good. I think their french fries are pretty, pretty banging, but they have adult swim toys. And I hope that promotion is still going on because I, I really, really want a Space Ghost. Um, I think Kyle told me he wanted Frylock or Meatwad. I was going to try to get as many as I could. And if I get the one he wants, I was going to ship it to him. Um, 
But yeah, so I'm sitting in my place, no internet, couldn't really do anything, but I had my box of DVDs here and I'm going through all of my seasons of The Simpsons and I have season one through 19 on DVD and I don't care what anybody says, the later episodes of The Simpsons are still pretty decent. They're not as good as, like, I, I get it. They're not as good as, like, the deep character building and what have you of, like, the first five, six, seven, well, probably about the first nine seasons. But, like, also, a show that's good for nine seasons. Name one show that's good for three seasons, let alone nine. I love New Girl, but as soon as Megan Fox shows up, as soon as Megan Fox shows up, you know you're going to have an awful time. But I like this. I like The Simpsons even when it's later. Maybe because I grew up with it. Maybe, uh, maybe that's why. But I don't know. I enjoy it. They were good episodes. One of them, they started. They, they were in the mafia. I laughed. So, like I said, it's not like there's any way that's going to be coming soon where you can watch somebody like myself play Fallout Three on 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 Twitch or anything. Because you know I don't have that sort of technology. It's definitely not coming. But if you are a prominent Twitch user, you watch some some big names. There was a huge, huge Twitch leak. Um, Kyle uh, is the producer for the show. He'll pop in and out. And um, Kyle, you're not recording, are you? Okay, he's not recording, but he is here. So, Kyle, uh, how much does Critical Role make in like a year? Kyle just sent me, um, again, Kyle produces. And he has sent me a list of some of the most prominent people on Twitch. A lot of these people, I I honestly just don't know. Um, but from the from twenty August of twenty nineteen to October this year, two thousand twenty one, the year of our Lord, Critical Role has made nine point six two million dollars, nine and a, over nine and a half million dollars. XQCOW, who I don't know anything about, but I see him all the time. 8.45. Uh, summit, summiting, I think is how you would pronounce that. Summit 1G. Okay, that's what Kyle says. Summit 1G, 5.84. Uh, Moon Moon, which I that was a good meme back in the day. 2.2 million. Uh, critical, Charlie, Penguins, 0. 2 million. In two years, that dude makes stupid money, and then he had, uh, Quap, Quap helped him. Um, that's a lot. And then I have this Verge article that Papa has sent me. Let me get that up real quick. Uh, this is written by Tom Warren on October 6th. Uh, Twitch appears to have been hacked, leaking source code of the company's streaming service and unreleased Steam competitor for Amazon Game Studio. The anonymous post was put on 4chan, uh, a 125 gigabyte torrent, which they claim includes the entirety of Twitch and its Comet history. Wow. So like I said, three years worth of payouts. They are the source code. Wow. The leak was also labeled as part one, suggesting there could be more to come. Video Games Chronicles reports that Twitch is aware of the breach, but the company has not yet informed its user base. 
and then it was updated saying it's legitimate and then again it was updated saying that twitch is now updated um what i like that the verge has you could listen to the article which is really cool if you're someone like myself with dyslexia or is blind or some shit um this is a big deal for a lot of different reasons because this is people's livelihoods i um I understand we pay to we pay people way too much money to do dumb shit in this country where our teachers are in in the United States. I don't know if these streamers are from the U.S. or not. That's me using my American view of things. I apologize. But like in America, we're so used to like. I don't know. Somebody like that girl who went on Dr. Phil and then started an entire rap career. Like we gave her a platform and she's making millions, if not. Well, probably not billions, but she's making millions Oh, and Papa has chimed in to say that she most likely has an OnlyFans, which doesn't surprise me. <laughs> That's the type of, of, of culture we culminate in this country. Hard-hitting information from the streets from, from reporter Papa. Pa- Kyle has so many nicknames at this point. <laughs> our teachers, um, our classrooms go underfunded, and um, I was not told anything about Native Americans, barely anything about World War II, barely anything about World War One. Um, a ton of stuff that I feel like I, I should know. I don't know how to pay my taxes. I, uh, know a guy who does them for me, uh, and I pay him. And I guess that's kind of the point of America. But the point I'm getting at is these people make a lot of money and I can understand why people are upset, but I think a lot of that kind of comes from jealousy. Um, everyone wants to be a Twitch streamer, but nobody wants to do the Twitch stream work. It's, it's a lot. (laughs) And I'm not just trying to like sound biased or like an ass or something, but like, Parasocial relationships are a mother, and that's what a lot of people deal with. Like one of um one of my favorite streamers is uh, Jabroni Mike, and when I first started watching his streams, I remember he was like, "Hey guys, stop messaging people outside of the Twitch chat," and like he shouldn't have had to moderate that, but he did because it's his community. People want to be Twitch streamers and don't want to be doctors. That's just where we're at. Because it seems like easy money. But not everybody is as charismatic. Not everybody has the ability to sit in front of a camera and talk. And I just think this is funny. I just think it's like, yeah, this is. these are the people that are making stupid money. These are the people that are entertaining us. Like, growing up, I watched Smosh. Um, geez, who the hell else did I watch? I watched Swoozy almost religiously. I would watch a lot of his old stuff. I watched a I watched a lot of YouTube. I watched a little bit of Shane Dawson, clip critics I remember really liking. And for me, I hold very nostalgic spots for those creators. And there's kids that these are going to be their creators. Um the Garbage Fire. I haven't seen the film myself, but I've heard that Free Guy is a disaster. And it's got like Jack Septicai and Pokimane in it. Like these are these are modern day these are like the modern day celebrities. These are the modern day zeitgeist. Child Kyle just chimed in to say that he heard that Free Guys, Free Guy is really good. Um, I heard there is a fight at the end that makes zero sense, and it's just there so people can be like, "Ooh, I recognize that." I haven't seen it. I'm just you know hearsay. But hey, uh, Twitch has been hacked, apparently. So if you have a Twitch account, uh, make sure you change your stuff around. Change your stuff, change your passwords, make sure everything that's linked to your Twitch, like if you have your Amazon linked, make sure you change that, uh, the password, so people can't get into it 
Um, that's another problem with today. Everything is linked. Everything has a link from one John to the other. But yeah, this is actually, this is neat because if the source code for, for, um, Twitch is now out there, maybe you could have a competitor and maybe it could give better payouts or something. And maybe smaller creators can have a better chance because someone like Critical Role or XQC or, or Moy or Credit or what's his name? I want to call him Charlie. Everyone wants to call him Critical. I, yeah, I listened to his podcast and it, they, they just refer to him as Charlie. Um, penguins, whatever the fuck. Maybe, like, these dudes have cemented careers in this. They might get on for six hours a night, make a dumb amount of money, and then hop off. But, like, someone who wants to start who's in the middle of Kansas and is just really good at, say, like, classic Halo and wants to stream it on his PC that, like, his parents bought him for his birthday and make a couple extra bucks, maybe he'll have a chance to, to do something more than than try to vie for this type of a spot. All of this being said, it's been a while since I've sat down and spoken to you guys, and I've missed this a lot, uh, even though it's only been two weeks. And for you guys, it might seem like I've been here, but to me, it's just like Wednesdays come around, and I'm not asking the Discord a question, or I'm not like sitting down to jot down notes. Uh, and I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> do? Do I just go play Grand Theft Auto with uh, with Papa and my friend Alex? So I think I spoke about before. Um, but uh, we're back. So I want to get right into the lore. Uh, a lot of it, I'm not going to lie to you, I want to get kind of perfectly because a lot of people really, really appreciate the stuff from the Fallout series. Um, but before we get into the lore we have to get into the patreon so let's get right into the patreon because of you guys we continue to make the show bigger and better um so i have to thank a few people starting off with the og noah thank you noah after noah i have to thank danny thank you danny and third, I have to thank Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. Uh, like I said, because of you guys, you help the show grow. You help it get bigger. Um, it's nice to know that while I was moving, things kind of stood the same. Things didn't move around. Things didn't shake and break in transit. Um, like, I didn't have to buy a new microphone. I didn't have to buy a new webcam. Like, all that stuff is working. But if I did, I have you guys to thank for anything like that. But let's get right into this lore. This is one that I know a lot of people are going to... Uh, a lot of people are going to like. This one comes to us from Weapon 16, or Weapon XIV, in the Discord. If you want to hear any lore, I ask a question. I ask a question once a week, especially when I'm back to doing it like this. I'll ask a question once a week. Once I've asked the question, uh, whoever gets the answer first, there's some rules. Don't spam. Give everybody a fair chance. Minor stuff. I asked a type of wood, because I couldn't think of anything. And... Uh, Weapon 16 got it. It was mahogany. So their choice is the Dunwich building from Fallout 3. And um, because of the move and being down a host, I didn't really have anything planned for Halloween. So this is like kind of Halloween-ish. So ba-bow. The Dunwich building is a medium-sized office building in the southwestmost tip of the Capital Wasteland. Dunwich Boars LLC owned the building before the Great War. They manufactured drills for tunneling and drilling. So I just wanted to check because they're, they're making these drills for tunneling. Uh, I'm on the Dunwich Boars LLC Wikipedia page. Like just, I, I get all my lore off of fallout.fandom.com. Um, and you would think that if this company is making tunneling equipment, they'd be 
drilling the vaults or vault tech would be buying these drills or what have you. But I can't find anything on the wiki as of right now saying that. As of 2277, the building is a complete ruin. Scavengers and raiders do not enter the building and no one who enters it exits quite the same. I will get into this when we get kind of done with the layout because of the way that the Dunwich building is so laid out and there's no real quest for it until the Dark Heart of Black Hall, which is a, a DLC quest, which I'm not going to get super into um, just because Weapon 16 said that they wanted just kind of like the building itself. Um, there's not really much to it. It's just kind of this spooky place, which I, I actually have no memory of being inside of the Dunwich building like whatsoever. But I know I've been in there because there's at least two playthroughs I did where I grabbed all of the bobbleheads. And I believe Melee is in Dunwich. If it's not Melee, it's unarmed, but I'm pretty sure it is Melee. The immediate vicinity of the Dunwich building is a barren area marked by jagged rocky terrain and steep cliffs. Immediately due west in line with the north face of the building at the base of the cliffs is a booby trapped baby carriage accompanied by a dead raider there is no road leading to the parking lot the interior of the building the building is a dark set of interior ruins populated by various types of feral ghouls a number of audio logs and computer terminals provide visitors with some background on the building of an unfortunate wastelander named Jamie. Beyond the main entrance, separate separate levels lie below. The deepest level is a cavern with an eerie obelisk. A woman emerges and reaches out from the obelisk. Vines entangle the obelisk and skulls run up its back. It is also rather highly irradiated, reaching up to 20 rads at the top. Several feral ghouls appear to worship it, and although similar, it is not connected with the statue that is inside of Underworld. The building is broken into three parts. The Dunwich Building entrance, the forsaken Dunwich ruins, and and the virulent underchambers. The deeper one goes into the Dunwich building, the darker it becomes. One can only access these areas in, res in respective order, but there is a shortcut back to the first room from the virulent underchambers. The shortcut is one way only. When the player character passes through a certain doorway early in the Forsaken Ruins, they will have a hallucination that flashes back to pre-war times. In it, a man will appear wearing pre-war clothing as if it was just another day in the office. The player character will then come back to reality and see it as a glowing one. Uh, near the entrance, one will find a set of five audio logs left by an unfortunate visitor named Jamie. As one proceeds further into the building, they can find four additional audio logs, documenting his transformation into one of the building's deranged inhabitants. The final audio log found within the building, though mostly ramblings by the insane, ghoulified Jamie, mentions the name Alharazed? Alhazar, Alhazard, was uh, a person. Um, Abdul Alhazar, in the history, in the history, as uh, this is a this is a great name. This is a ten out of ten name. Uh, Alhazard is said to have been the half crazy Arab who worshipped the Lovecraftian entities Yog Slotham and Cthulhu in the early seventeen hundreds. 
I'm going to say a lot of things wrong because Lovecraftian... I think he's also the dude who wrote the Necronomicon. In Lovecraft's stories, the Necronomicon is described as an ancient text compiled by Abdul Al-Al-Al-Al-Hazard. Al-Hazard. Al- this man called the Mad Arab in the 8th century, containing magical spells and incantations for summoning monster and and arcane deities. So, that's what Jamie starts talking about. He says that that name is brought up. In the virulent underchambers, the player character can actually discover the creator of the increasingly demented audiologues, who is now fully mutated into a ghoul, and a handful of other ferals worshipping the obelisk. As Jamie stands facing the obelisk with arms upraised, it appears that he is somehow summoning ghouls out of the mist-shrouded recesses in the rock opposite of him. Killing Jamie, who is armed with a Chinese assault rifle, counts as positive karma. And if you have the Lawbringer perk, he drops a finger. Cool. The obelisk in the center is irradiated about halfway up, and emits levels of radiation, like I said prior, that max out at 20 rads a second. Once the player character crosses the threshold of the doorway into the cave with the obelisk, an eerie voice can be heard if the volume is up high enough along with the effects in the sound setting, one can only access these chambers from the Forsaken Ruins. There's also a log on a terminal made by an unnamed scavenger who wandered into the ruins, hoping to find it abandoned. Upon finding the ghouls, he he holed up in the room with the terminal as paranoia set in. He remembered his friend Billy, who was supposedly coming with ammunition and grenades. Using this cheerful optimism, he logs off the computer and survives for an unknown period of time. A second set of remains just inside the Dunwich building entrance, accompanied by an ammunition box and grenades, suggests that his friend was ambushed and killed shortly after entering the building. Now, one of the deities, the, the eldritch deities, the Lovecraftian deities that is worshipped is Ugg Quilthoth? Quail Thoth? I had a friend who was really into Thoth, who said that uh, he's like some deity person that said that, like, Jesus was um, an alien. Thoth was, like, Jesus, but from space, and brought other Jewish people from space. And the whole idea was, I don't know, apparently, like, the whole idea of Thoth goes back to, like, a Newgrounds animator who, like, started a cult. I don't know if that's true or not. That's what I've heard. Um... I, I do not know how to say this Lovecraftian name. Because I'm seeing, like, the children of Ugquilloth. Quilloth. I'm dyslexic. Please don't, not make, please don't make fun of me. But this is just a... Ugquilloth is a supernatural eldritch entity and an altar dedicated to worship. Worshipping this being resides in the virulent underchambers of the Dunwich building. Like I said... Uh, anthropologists have suggested that the swamp folk have belief in the occult and some pray to the deity named Ugquiloth. I know I'm saying it wrong. I'm sorry. If one has the point lookout add on, they can burn the Krivbalinth. Again, these words. Krivbeckenin? Krivbeckenin is how I'm, I'm being told it is pronounced. Okay, if you take the book to the Virulent Underchambers obelisk as an optional part of the Dark Heart of Black Hall quest, uh, you can burn it. You can burn it there. (laughs) 
That's fun. So the notable loot here is the bobblehead. It is the melee bobblehead. Uh, Jamie's personal stuff is some quantum. Um, various super. This is in the notes, the fun facts, and what have you. Various supernatural phenomenons include the Dunwich Building entrance. One will find a self-opening door, but one needs to come from the east for it to happen. The hallucinating flashbacks that happen in the beginning of the Forsaken ruins after some stairs and a left path. You'll, you, you can summon them. They will activate. Upon entering the room where the unknown adventure refers to Billy, a coffee pot is thrown to the floor and a fan on the desk is knocked over. Ronald Lauren from Girdershade can be asked anything, anything interesting in the area, and he'll tell the player character that they are at the ass end of the capital wasteland and warns them to stay the hell away from the Dunwich building, saying that there's nothing but bad mojo, and he states that he hears a lot of weird shit going on there. Even though you do hallucinate, you can see that the building is still in, like, disarray, and it's not a completely, like, fixed building. Like, it's not pre-war. Footsteps can be heard in the Dunwich building, even when there's no one there. It's not the companions or the feral ghouls. The footsteps always sound right on top of the player. That's really cool. Sometimes the screen might even flicker. That's really cool. I I don't remember this. A severed head can be found on the table on the first floor of the Dunwich building, just before the Forsaken Ruins. It is placed upright on the table with Jamie's seventh log. However, exiting the Forsaken Ruins... And returning cause it to disappear. When facing the door to the entrance, the player character will be pointed south. After you enter, they will be faced north. A similar location can be found in Fallout 4 in the location the Dunwich Bores, which includes a similar case of possible paranormal activity. Again, I remember going there and not really remembering anything about it. So a little behind the scenes stuff. The story told in the personal logs found in the building. The whispering obelisk found in the virulent underchambers and many other facets of this location for H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu Mythos. Especially the Dunwich Horror. I knew there was a connection. Uh, let's see what the Dunwich Horror is exactly. Exactly, The Dunwich Horror is a novella by American writer H.P. Lovecraft, written in 1928. It was first published in the April 1929. This dude was... H.P. Lovecraft was writing in 29, dude. That's wild. He's writing about some wild shit. Okay, so it takes place in Dunwich, a fictional town in Massachusetts. It is considered to be one of the core stories of the Cthulhu mythos. Cool. I The only thing I know about Cthulhu... The only thing I know about H.P. Lovecraft... I only know a few things about H.P. Lovecraft. One of them being to never Google the name of his cat. Don't do it. It's very, very bad. It was like a meme on... I remember seeing it like on Instagram to not Google his cat's name. And that... Um, Cthulhu is not how his name is really pronounced. It's the only way mortals can pronounce the name Cthulhu, which I think is super interesting. But there's also a movie called The Dunwich Horror. That's cool. A strange voice near a strange voice near the obelisk is actually repeating the name Al. I, I'm gonna say it wrong every time. I have to like think about it. Al Hazard, which is also the name Jamie repeats several times in his last audio tape. Sometimes the voice may may instead repeat the name Geth, G apostrophe Y E T H, Geth. 
also repeated by Jamie in his last audio tape in the stories H.P. Lovecraft. In the stories of H.P. Lovecraft, Abdul Alharazed is the author of the Necronomicon, while Geth is presumably an homage to Wraith. R apostrophe L Y E H, the underworld city in which Cthulhu, an old one, waits dreaming. Cool. As a dyslexic, um, these names hurt me. So that's that's the Dunwich building of Fallout 3. Thank you for picking Fallout 3. Um, again, I wish there was a way I could play it re- reliably on my computer and share it with a group of people that might want to see it. Hmm. Too bad I can't. I don't have that technology. If you want to hear any lore, make sure you're in the, the Discord. Make sure you're ready for the question of the week. Ba-bow. Ba-boom. Bow. All right. Some other stuff we got to talk about. First, how are you? I know I'm kind of moving, kind of grooving, kind of flowing, kind of other synonyms. But um, do you guys know what Ted Cruz is up to? Because they found the Zodiac Killer. And it wasn't Ted Cruz. It was some guy named Gary. And he died three years ago. I think he died in like 2018. Uh, there's, if I can find the meme, I'll put it on screen. Um, sorry, audio listeners, but I'll put it on screen of this dude just hanging out with the Zodiac Killer. And like in the comment, it's probably fake, but still, it was funny. It was like, hanging out with my boy Gary, sure do miss this fella, Zodiac question mark. Like, <laughs> like somebody knew and was just like, I'm going to go hang out with the Zodiac Killer. But we found him. And there's been a bunch of movies made about him. Um, he ran for president. There's, uh, you know, I, I I grew up watching like cult documentaries on History Channel as a kid. Because I'm, you know, look how I am now. And uh, I remember the Zodiac Killer coming up a lot. That in Jonestown. Not as much Waco, but like I remember that. There's going to be something on screen. I, I don't really have much to say about it. Actually, you know what? I do because Kyle just sent me a CNN link. So from CNN by Sarah Moon and Sherry Mossberg. It's a strong name. I'm only going to read the first few um, sentences of this. This is from October 8th. It says law enforcement agencies said they they are still investigating the Zodiac case. And an independent group of cold case investigators came forward Wednesday to claim they had solved the mystery. The Chase Breakers, that's an, that sounds like a, they were really into Scooby-Doo. And they, like, never grew out of that. A team of 40 law enforcement investigators said they identify the man they believe to be the Zodiac Killer using new physical and forensic evidence and information from eyewitnesses, according to a press release. The Zodiac Killer is believed to be responsible for at least five murders in Northern California from 1968 to 1969. And I'm just realizing now there might be a whole group of people who know nothing about the Zodiac Killer. Hi. I'm Vince. Um, I know way too much about dumb shit like this. The Zodiac Killer was a person who was a serial killer and left notes and left it in a code. And his last reported murder that we know about that was accounted for um, was like a, like a really hard code. There was I'm, I'm pretty sure there was one code that was broken by a school teacher and they thought that the school teacher was the Zodiac Killer. Uh, it's really, really interesting stuff. And now that the story has kind of ended now that we're kind of at the end of the saga that is the zodiac killer um you can kind of go in and look things through i'm upset it doesn't say his name here 
but I was talking about it with a friend from work today, and she was telling me that his name was Gary. And always serial killers have three first names. I don't know, or not three first names, I'm sorry, three names. Like, the dude who killed um, John Lennon was three names. Gary F. Post, Kyle chimes in with, thank you, Papa, uh, is the Zodiac Killer. Gary Post, just some old white dude. Uh, but yeah, always three names. As someone who grew up watching a lot of stuff about this and cults, it was cool to kind of see it come to an end. I don't know as much as I probably should know about the Zodiac Killer, but there it is. Oh, also, that, that guy, remember a few episodes back, Kyle, if you're listening, that, that guy that like killed his girlfriend that I talked about really, really briefly, uh, they found out, they found her body, the boyfriend is like nowhere to be found, and the cause of death on the girl was strangulation. Kyle says, dog, the bounty hunter was after this guy. I'm so proud to live in America, dude. <laughs> like, our law enforcement doesn't do shit. But speaking of uh, <laughs> killer series of crimes, uh, that was a shitty segue. I'm sorry, everybody. The last of a show is going to slap. I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want to get your hopes up. But there will be a picture on screen from um, actually a long time ago, 926, which is the – it was last of us day, which is the day of the uh, – is that Joel's birthday? I think that's Joel's birthday. That's the outbreak day. And in the first game, it starts pretty much on Joel's birthday. They're making a show for HBO. And there will be a picture on screen. It it looks like Joel. It looks like Ellie but a little older. It's the, it's just a picture of the back of Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. And I have spent so much time looking at the backs of these characters that when I saw this, it looks like I got I, I think Kyle sent me the picture up picture of it. And my first response was, oh, my God, that's Joel. Like, I don't I don't care about Joel. The game's not about Joel. Anybody who thought the game was about Joel. I'm sorry to tell you this, but I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Um, the game's about Ellie. And, like, I got excited. Like, the way his shoulder droops to one side, the way you can – he conveys tiredness in, in his stance, and the way Ellie has this kind of, like, lackadaisical bag on one shoulder. She only knows a world that's that's destroyed. This looks like The Last of Us to me. I hope it turns out to be great. I really do because I, I really love that series. I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about it because I'm very, very, very excited for it. Uh, you know what? I'm going to hit you with something not great, something great, and then something... No. I don't want to do that. I'm going to hit you with two not great and then a great to end it out on a nice positive note. Um, Something not great... <laughs> Something not not great. Uh, we're going to talk about old man Nintendo back to back. Kyle, you might want to leave for this part. Uh, Sora's in Smash. I don't care. Um, it's neat. I even think... I even think early on I was saying Sora should be in Smash, which I'm pretty sure is recorded on the show. Um, I remember there was a time where Olive and Kyle and myself had sat down and talked about who we wanted to see in Smash, and Sora was one of them. Sora makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. I also think Doom Guy would have made a lot of sense. Um, it kind of sucks that 
it was kind of predictable in the sense that they already have a partnership with Square. So you can kind of see, like, we already have our foot in the door. They didn't go anything crazy. Like, I would have loved to have seen Doom Guy. Nintendo has a... He has a me costume, yeah, but, like, I want to see Doom Guy. Uh, Sora has some neat outfits. Uh, he'll be getting an amiibo, that means, which is awesome. They're, they're coming out with a Steve amiibo, a Steve, Steve Ebo, if you will. And an Alex, Steve and Alex from Minecraft. I, I do very much want a, a Steve, Minecraft Steve amiibo. I, I still need to rob one. Um, but I would have liked to see something i would have liked to have seen something out of left field if you really sat there and thought about it sora makes the most sense because of their relationship with square i i want to see them do more because smash is a neat idea and smash i once heard someone say that smash is essentially every teenage boy's locker room conversation well this person would win in a fight versus this person and i think that's kind of where i'm i'm still championing tony hawk Papa has informed me just recently that um, Kyle just informed me that there was a poll at one point. I don't remember this, but apparently there was a poll and Sakurai said that everybody, not everybody, a majority of the people had voted for Sora. So cool. They listened to the fan base. That's what. Oh, and and Kyle says that's why it's the last one. That's cool. That's real. That's a great payoff. If you're a, if you're a diehard Smash fan and you know what? I don't, I don't know how much you guys or even Kyle, because um, like I said, Kyle is listening to what I'm saying and correcting me when I'm wrong. Uh, I don't know how much you guys are into professional Smash or competitive Smash, I should say, but I really would like to know what Etika would have thought of this. And I wasn't an Etika guy. Like, I didn't really follow competitive Smash, but he was a cool guy. I mean, outside of the stuff he had going on, but we shouldn't let that define him. He knew what he was talking about. He loved this game and he was a huge part of a community and he cultivated a community around what he loved. I have respect for that. That's cool. Um, but I would like to know what he would, would think. I would like to know what, how he would think Sora would work. Call your friends, call your friends, just like call your friends and ask him. If you haven't heard from a friend in a while, call him. It is what it is. It's cool. I would have liked a different character, but Sora does make the most sense. And I'm happy that Nintendo listened to its fan base. Um, I hope Nintendo's fan base isn't doing what the next thing I want to talk about is. And I want to preface with, with this. I want to start with this. I am not a person who says defend companies, defend billionaires, none of that shit. But don't pirate video games. <laughs> Um, unless the games are very old and there is no preservation being done to save them, then yes, absolutely rip those games. There's another thing that I want to talk about in a minute, but, um, to kind of bleed one topic into the other, Rockstar is going to be taking older versions of Grand Theft, the older Grand Theft Auto games, starting with three, New Vegas, New Vegas, <laughs> Vice City, and, <laughs> and San Andreas. They're going to be taking the older versions off of um, digital storefronts. I think why not have the option when you buy a newer updated version to have that version there? And Nintendo is notorious for just not doing this. Nintendo just doesn't care, I guess is the way I want to put it, which I know probably isn't correct. But they're just now putting 64 games on Switch, um, 
which means we have two more consoles until we start getting GameCube games on Switch. There's no preservation. And I have an article in front of me. Again, the illustrious Papa has sent me some screen grabs from a Kotaku article, which <laughs> I say Kotaku and I can hear Kyle shudder 2,000 miles away from me. Uh, oh, I remember this. Yes, he, he sent me this a while ago. Uh, it says, hey, real quick, if you're a Nintendo lawyer or employee, just like, don't read this. It was a silly mistake. Ignore this blog. You can go on now. Okay, everybody else. If you want to play the rest of the Metroid franchise and don't want to shell out large amounts of money on a console and games, your best bet is emulation. As, as often the case, Nintendo like most game publishers, is really bad about maintaining access to their past games outside of a few big sellers. Thank God for pirates, emulators, modders, and hackers. And, like, reading that, I'm conflicted because, yeah, like, half of that I agree with, but the other half is, like, don't do that. There's a ton of shady shit that goes on in, in the video game industry. I don't know if you guys know this, but I read or heard on a stream recently that um, everybody who worked on Deathloop, the new Ar Arcane, right? Yes, Arcane. Thank you, Kyle. The new Arcane uh, studio game that left during, like, if like during the time of the game being made. If you let's just say you did character animations and left shortly before the game went gold because of a prior obligation or a family thing or what have you. They took your name off the credits for what you did and put you in this special thanks. That sucks. There's a lot of shady shit that goes on in the video game industry. Stuff. I'm the first person to criticize Nintendo. I'm the first guy to criticize Bethesda too. And I hope people see that as me caring about these things and not me just trying to shit on them for the sake of making a podcast or YouTube video or just the sake of shitting on them. When you care about something, when you care about someone, something, I think you should be able to criticize them and say what upsets you and what makes you happy. Because you want them to do better. You enjoy that thing. You like that thing. All of that being said, do not emulate this game for another five years, please. Like, even then, it's iffy if you should be doing it or not. Apparently, emulating PS2 games is legal. I remember Olive telling me that back in the day because I wanted to play um, some some games on stream. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, I wanted to stream a couple PS2 games, some classics. Some classics. And that's a 20-something, almost 20-year-old console. What, I think the PS2 came out like 2002 or 2003. It's an old, it's an old console. It's a different story. Those games aren't being made unless the, like, except for like the big time rush game or no, maybe that was on Game Boy. There was a couple games or the Naked Brothers band. One of those like Nickelodeon bands had a PS2 game that I remember seeing like deep into the PS3 game, like their PS3 years still being sold. Don't emulate shit until it's at least five to 10 years old, please. For the sake of these people. Or how about this? Until the next console comes around and then maybe give it a year. People work hard on these things. People are passionate about making these things. And yeah, fuck corporations. Fuck big business. Fuck all that shit. But like, support the homies. Does this make sense? I hope this makes sense. I hope I don't sound like I'm rambling about this. 
And now let's end on on a on a bit of positivity. I've been saying it. I've been stupid excited for it. But the definitive edition of the Grand Theft Auto trilogy has been announced. It is coming. I can't wait to go back to Grove Street. I can't I've never I've never beaten GTA 3 and I don't really like Vice City all that much. Um, San Andreas will always be my home. Like the Gro- Grove Street will always be my home. Uh, San Andreas, I'm pretty sure, is a reason why I like a lot of the music that I like. Those games, and by the way, those games, uh, the soundtracks for them, you can go on Spotify and just listen to all of it. And it's and like by radio stations or all of them. And they all slap. They're all incredible. But like, that's the thing. I'm excited for this. It says that there's going to be better. There's going to be graphical improvements, control upgrades. Um, it's very vague. I did watch a video where the guy said maybe that all they're going to do is upscale it to 8K because I think the Series X can go up to 8K. They're going to upscale to 8K. Uh, maybe the render distance will be a little further. The frame rate can maybe hit 120. Um, how much are they going to update it? Is it going to be updated or modernized was kind of the case. And there's a there's a radio station, the I don't know if it's Ukrainian or Russian radio station in GTA 4, that Rockstar lost their they, they didn't pay the rights. They they didn't pay the copyright, the the rights, the sh- whatever it is to have um to have the the songs in the game. So if you download it on Steam or you don't have a hard copy of it or uh, if they update it through like the Rockstar game launcher, um, you lose those songs. You can't listen to those songs. So a part of the game is is lost. It's silent. So all that being said, I kind of said prior, they're taking the older versions off. Now, I still have a PS2 copy of San Andreas. It's one of my favorite games. Actually, someone gave me that because I borrowed it from them and I loved it and played it nonstop. And they were like, take it. And I was like, you sure? And they're like, yeah. Get the games while you can now. Uh, if you want to play them in their original version, I had a friend who um, would try to go back as as much as he could and play vanilla Minecraft, like as vanilla as possible, every once in a while, just to see like where we had come. But apparently, a ton of early Minecraft builds are lost, like completely gone, because they were just building on top of it and releasing it. Preservation is important. I'm very excited to play through GTA 3. The GTA 3 music, that like that piano, that like really soft, jazzy piano, uh, that music is incredible. San Andreas is is still perfect to me. I love San Andreas, the story of it. Ice-T is in it. Thank you, Ice-T. Thank you, Ice-T. Ice, I, I've been going through some, some like... It's been a while since I gotten any new music, but Ice T and Slick Rick may be two of the most underrated rappers ever. I don't feel like enough people are talking about them in the zeitgeist of like, this is what is happening in hip hop music. Um, I'm very excited for this. I'm very excited to be back. I'm very excited to kind of be on a normal schedule. Uh, like I said, don't expect me to stream Fallout 3 because I can't do that. It's not coming. It's definitely not coming. Definitely not. But I hope you're doing well. I hope you're okay. I hope you're safe. If you liked our intro music, it is by Shane Ivers and is called Feather Duster. You can get it at silvermansounds.com slash free music. You can follow myself. You can follow Kyle. And you can also follow the show in the links below on the Twitter. Jump in the Discord. 
Like I said, once a week I ask a question. If you get it right, you get to pick the episode's lore. Thank you again to our Patreon. Your support helps and feels great. Thank you to anybody who purchased anything off the Redbubble. If you want to get a design that myself or the former host have designed on a shirt or a sticker or a, or a clock or a duvet, you can get it there. I believe that's everything. Thank you for being here. I will see you next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Bye. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Ghoulman Entertainment Production.